0: Good day, sir.
1: How you doing, am?
0: Doing great, Coach D. How about yourself?
1: Doing fantastic. Excellent. Are you ready to knock this out of the park? Oh, yeah. Yeah?
0: Yeah, this is what we were born for, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: That's right. Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. Hey, everybody, it's David Nagel. Welcome to another episode of the Successful Mind Podcast. Today, I have a very, very special guest. He's a friend and a client. His name is A.M. Williams, and he has one of the most inspirational stories that I have ever heard in my life. If you wanna talk about overcoming problems in our life, this man has seen the brunt of it. He's seen the front line of problems and uh, the results that he has because of his amazing mindset are just beyond phenomenal. He is, uh, he is an example uh, of leadership and self-leadership unlike I've ever seen before. Uh, in many people, so am
0: welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here with you today, Coach D. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I sincerely meant everything that I just said. I mean, um, you're you're an outstanding human being, and the your level of determination is something that I rarely see in people. Not from a perspective that nobody else can do it, um, but from the perspective of that you continue. Uh, against adversity uh probably more than anybody that I personally know. Um, why don't you tell us tell us a bit about your story what happened and how did you become as successful as you are uh you know in the face of everything that you've been through and your your trials and tribulations
0: So first of all, thank you for your kind words. I appreciate that it is a pleasure um to to be here with you and to have you um, you know, to, to be here with you today on the show. Um, so when I was 28 years old, um, I basically was doing great in my business, but I was told that I had 10 days to live. And honestly, coach D was the best thing that ever happened to me. The best thing that ever happened. Um, I was told I had a cyst on my spine, and I called that cyst today affectionately the teacher. Um, (laughs) Love that. Actually, it was two. It was two cysts. Um, They were able to remove one, but one set inside the spinal column. The reason why I, I am so celebratory about that cyst, because had I never found it, had they never discovered it when I went into the emergency room, uh, I could have easily walked out of that hospital and left a destiny in that hospital. But in the finding of that des- in finding of that cyst, what I discovered was a life filled with orientations that I never imagined. So literally what happened in the process of, I went into the hospital thinking I had pulled a muscle in my groin. Um, after several hours of testing, they discovered, no, it wasn't a pull muscle. Um, it seems as though you have cysts on your spine and we're going to need to operate relatively quickly because they could be cancerous and dependent upon the size of them. If they burst and go into your bloodstream, you'd be dead immediately. So at that point, you know, it was like, okay, this is really a no brainer. We got to move forward. So they immediately um, admitted me into the hospital. Uh, Within a couple of days, I had the surgery. Upon having the surgery, um, they discovered there was one cyst on the outside, which they removed. The internal cyst they couldn't, so they put a shunt in it to drain it in aspirations that it would eventually drain itself and um, I would be able to go back to normal. The doctor said there was no reason in the world why I should never walk again. Um, and so therefore I was very encouraged. In fact, three days later, I was up and walking and doing therapy. Um, however, they, they, uh, once they saw that they immediately sent me home with no, um, recourse of outpatient therapy or anything of the sort. And so I was at home and I'm thinking I'm immortal, 28 years old, man, I whooped this thing. And, um, and uh, I was doing things and I was trying to walk and stand, but I was doing it all the wrong way. My, the muscle recruitment, uh, pulling from each part of my body, I was only tearing down my body uh, even more. So really? over the next year, I had developed all of this scarred tissue in my body. And with that scarred tissue, um, my gait was off again. And so... Um, I eventually ended up having to go back into the hospital and upon going back into the hospital, um, the PA with my surgeon said, he, 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 there's something's wrong. Something's severely wrong. And from the time they saw me, they said, the shot has come out of your spine. So we're going to have to do the surgery again. Having whooped it the first time I'm like, okay, well, let's just do it again. There was no warning that anything could possibly go wrong or anything else. However, the second surgery after they after I woke up, they asked me to move my legs and I couldn't do it. They asked me to move my feet, my toes. I couldn't do it. And he looked at me and I looked at him, and he said, "What's wrong?" I said, "That's my question to you." And so they went in and, and did tests, and they came to discover that the there was so much scar tissue in the surgery that it gave they thought it had made me quadriplegic. So I had moved my arms and they was like, well, there's no way he's quadriplegic. So they diagnosed me paraplegic. And then I moved my leg a little bit, and it's like, well, he's not paraplegic either. So that was the first time like I was diagnosed with three conditions in one day. I went from quadriplegic to paraplegic to incomplete paraplegic, meaning that I just had extreme weakness in the legs. Again, told there was no reason I shouldn't walk again. I was optimistic. However, what they did not tell me was that in the second surgery, I contracted MRSA in the operating room.
1: Did they know this, by the way?
0: They were the ones that told me afterwards. Wow. Wow. Um, But it was a year afterwards when they told me. So... I knew nothing about MRSA. I knew nothing about staph infections. I knew anything. All I knew was a couple of years after having that surgery, my body exploded in four different places. With now, I'm already when dealing. You
1: say, when, you say, when you
0: say exploded, you mean infection, correct? The infection from the internal, from the inside, exploded my, on, my, on my body outwardly. So, I had massive holes. I had holes in my body the size of softballs because my skin literally just burst. Burst. So, um, I was laying in the living room floor, and the emergency, um, you know, they, they came and got me and uh, took me to the hospital. I went into an acute care facility. And um, I had from that time, right before then, I thought that. The cyst was the biggest problem I had ever had in my life. But on just when I thought I was making progress with this, on the cusp of that, they told me, you're now incomplete paraplegic. Oh, and by the way, you have Mercer. So all of this adversity was coming on the heels of the next thing, the next thing after the next thing. And I was just at the point where I'm like, I taking 12, 13 different medications a day, two IVs, full of vancomycin. I got to the point where I didn't even want to live anymore. Needless to say, in that period of time, I lost my job. I lost my career. Um, I lost 95% of my friends, 90% of my income, my whole life. Just It was all gone.
1: Just and
0: I was, I was literally, I was mad at God. I was mad at the world. I was mad. I, I, You know, like there was no one around, like no sure. family, no anything. And so with that being the case, it was like, you know what? I can't do this another day. I'm just ready. Go ahead and take me now. I can't. I can't do this another day. And um, I, I literally, I had that disposition. And then it was then I heard a voice in my head that said something in your life can be leveraged to create something that you want. And at that time it was like, where did death come from? Like I'm, I'm ready to give up. I'm ready to, to just die and go on. And it's like something in your life could be leveraged to create something that you want. And from that moment, I began to 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 court something else besides my own death. Okay. Um, and uh, as that happened, the first thing that came up in my mind was my daughter. And I said, this is the most selfish thing in the world to talk about dying. What is she gonna do? What is she gonna do? I mean, that's like, I'm ready to die, and like, you know, she's gonna have to live a lifetime without her father. What What are you thinking? So, I used the the whole concept of like my daughter being as young as she is. I'm like, you know what? She doesn't deserve this. And so I, mustered up the 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 disposition to say, I'm gonna live. I'm gonna do it anyway. At that point. I felt like an 800-pound gorilla got off my chest because I had a purpose. And that's going to be extremely important um, later in this interview. But I, I had a purpose. I had a, a reason to live, so to speak. And things began to turn around, and I started getting off of the medications. I was in acute care facilities, David. I was in uh, uh, hospitals seven, eight months at a time. I lived in nursing homes. I lived in nursing homes where people um, had just died and they were sitting in the hallway in a stretcher and I was on the other side and it was like me here, them there. And they were rolling me right in the room. That person just came out of. And here I am, you know, uh, 29, 30 years old living in a nursing home. Yeah. However, in that process, you know, going through this for several years. Several years, I went through this, um, in and out of out of hospitals, acute care facilities, elongated stays. Lost my career, lost everything I had. I kept hearing this voice: "Something in your life could be leveraged to create something that you want." Something in your life could be leveraged to create something that you want. And as I began to do that, I began to look at physical therapy differently. I began to look at where I was differently. I began to look at myself differently. I had literally gotten up to over 450 pounds in my weight. And I began to look at myself and I'm saying, you're cheating yourself. You are so much better than this and you're hiding. You need to come forth. And so my weight, literally, even as today, I've gotten down to like 317 pounds. So um, Mm -hmm. I began to change my perception on my life and everything that was going on around me and so one day I found myself in therapy and this guy was giving everything he had just to put his hands above his head all he was trying to do was stand and put his hands above his head but if you would have saw the energy and the and the muscle control and things that he had to do to do it it was it was like the most inspirational thing in the world that I saw and so I just I didn't know him or anything and I'm like keep going, buddy, keep going. You almost got it. And I, I mean, it was just coming out of me. Yeah. Come on, buddy. You got it. You almost got it. And he just, he just kept pushing. And then the therapist was like, she jumped in behind what I was saying. And that guy put his hands over his head. And somebody walked up to me and said, "You will be, you are a great coach. And I'm like, I'm not a coach. I don't I got I played sports but I di- I didn't coach. Yeah. It's like, "No, you're like a great motivator. You would be an amazing coach, like a life coach or something." I went immediately to my room, um pulled up my computer and uh found life coaching. And I just started listening to material and motivational speakers and I said, "That's what I want to do. I want to do that in life." And so a friend of mine, she found out about my desire, and she just started sending me all of this material um, on different speakers and different people, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is exactly what I want to do, and that voice kept coming. Something in your life could be leveraged to create something that you want, and all of a, all of a sudden, like, you know what? I got myself certified to be a life coach while I was in the hospital. And actually took my first client in the hospital while you're in the, the hospital, hospital bed. I knew nothing about a life coaching business, how to create it, what to charge, or anything.
1: Did you feel, AM, did you feel like you were being guided at this point? Like something like the, God was guiding you or something?
0: It was that that phrase, everything in your life can be leveraged. Something in your life could be leveraged to create something that you want. And I know it was God, but I th- that voice just kept coming. Over and over again, yeah. there was nothing else. It was just that one phrase. And it was always that one phrase. And so um, I got so encouraged by it. I said, you know what? I need to get the word out more. And so uh, I found out that you can do an online radio show with a computer and a headset. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to create my own radio show. <laughs> and so I started a radio show. And one of the doctors came in one day when I was recording, and he just started listening to me. And then he went and told the nurses, I want you to put up a sign on his door that says, do not disturb, he's recording. And every day I did that, the nurses would put a sign on my door saying, do not disturb, he's recording. And as they were doing that for me, and then I got that client, I heard that voice again. Something in your life could be leveraged to create something that you want. And and what I said is, I want to get well. I want to get out of here. And so I just started talking to people and encouraging people. But what they don't know is that I was talking to myself. And I was rehearsing. I was um, imitating what I heard other speakers saying, and I was just regurgitating it and saying it over and over, and before I know it, I started building an international audience, and people started really coming into what I was saying, and at the same time, my body was healing at warp speeds, David.
1: Before right. I knew
0: it, I had no more, no more needles, no more needs for any um, IV medications, and they said, well, Mr. Williams, the good news is Um, you don't have any needs for any medications. And so you get to go home. The bad news is you're still going to have to be in a bed bound condition. So I'm like, well, man, I done whipped it this far. (laughs) What's another six months. Yeah. Well, little did I know that six months that I thought would turn into 10 years into a bed bound condition. Okay. And so now at this point, I'm saying, listen, I, I don't think I'm better than anybody else, but come on, God, I, I, I the career gone. Uh, I'm not walking. That's not available. That's that's not serving me right now. Right. I just went through this MRSA. Now you're telling me like I I'm home, but I can't do this and I can't do that. But William Shakespeare said something one time. He said. Sweet are the uses of adversity. Changed, I'm telling you. What I learned in those 10 years allowed me to not only expand my radio show, but I turned that business into a multiple six-figure coaching business. I also became a best-selling author I went back to school, got not one, not two, but three degrees, and now I'm doing my dissertation to become Doctor A.M. Williams. I've already worked uh, with a global consulting company, um, coach, uh, actually doing leadership training for a Fortune 50 company in Asia, uh, their leadership division in South in Asia. Wow. So therefore. Um, and and I trained a sales team, an international sales team. One of my clients had businesses in nine different countries, and I was able to train her sales team. And I did it all from a bed bound state.
1: Okay, I got to ask you a question. Let's just pause for a second. Everybody, <laughs> we all, everybody needs to breathe here. So, not only do I think that's remarkable, but I have to ask you this question. After, during that time, did you fight any self pity? Did you fight depression? Did you was it a was it a challenge every day for you to say no? I'm doing this. I'm not going down. I'm not going down self pity road feeling bad for myself. What was that like for you?
0: Yeah, man. I, I there was some, um, a million opportunities a day. A day, a day, a day, yes. a million opportunities per day to feel sorry for you. Okay, how
1: did you overcome that every day? Because people are listening; they're thinking, okay. Because there may be somebody listening to am that's in the you're in exactly your position or where you were. How do they? How do they get past that every day in their in their mind to move forward?
0: Well, first of all, I think the biggest thing that helped me was that continual voice of something in your life could be leveraged to create something. So that was, that
1: was a light for you. That was a, that was a beacon.
0: Yes. That was, that was the biggest thing that happened in my life. And, um, I didn't realize, you know, I spent years even after coming out of the hospital, like, how was it that that one statement drove me? How did it keep me? I almost died twice. They told me, sir, um, you're going into this surgery, but we can't even guarantee that you're going to be living. This this could be it for you. And I had to go under the knife hearing that. I've been told I'd be dead twice in 10 days. I, I, the, but the thing that kept me going was something in your life could be leveraged to create something that you wanted. And it gave me a sense of purpose. It gave me a sense that there was something I was here to do, and that's exactly the reason why I was still here, and that that one thing drove me, and it grew, it grew, and I started seeing results from it, my health changed, um, uh, my circle changed, um, uh, opportunities changed, I went from being a, a corporate guy to being an entrepreneur not because of, you know, oh, I just want to quit and start this. I had no other choice. Right. You know, and so I I, I got thrown in the water and say, you better learn how to swim or you're going to die. And so I, I came into it that way. And that voice just kept sticking with me over and over and over. And it got me through so many dark times. I had plenty of episodes, I mean, per day. Just go ahead and give up. Like, it's never... Man, this is it. You're never going to do any better than this. Like you, you'll never have anything. And I just kept hearing, and then I said, you know what? I'm not just not going. No, nope. You don't get a, you don't get a vote today. You don't get a vote today. Like we already had our meeting. You were late. <laughs> you know, it's it's over. And I just kept hearing these trainings, and more guys just kept talking about the dynamic of, you know, uh, how you can come back you can you know learning the truth about who you are and i kept hearing that over and over and over again didn't really understand what it meant that time but i just kept hearing and these guys conviction about it and um it that's what that's what kept me going i mean that purpose the 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 ability to see beyond my circumstance that's what drove me like i was in the hospital but i wasn't in the hospital right i was I was going through this stuff, but I was, I was so, my mind was somewhere else. I was, I was standing on the stage. I was telling people my amazing story. And I, I, I began to like, you know what? I can't be the only guy out here doing this. And uh, the same young lady who was a friend of mine who brought me those tapes. She's now my wife of 12 years. Um, she would bring me material that show me like there are other people like you who are doing this and she showed me um guys like chad hymas and uh scott burrows uh who oh it's a very close friend of mine now he was diagnosed incomplete paraplegic and at his presentations he stands up and walks at the end uh, a walking paraplegic walking quadriplegic if you can imagine that um but he does that and he travels the world has been an ex- built an exceptional life for himself and as I began to get around these overcomers and these individuals who never allowed themselves to be conditioned yes. by their condition, it changed my life. It changed it man and and I again I, I don't want to give any false senses of security. Sometimes there are times even today, where you get moments where it's like, yeah, you've done this, but you're still not walking. Like it's it's that thing, and I know now, I know now that what that is, is like that just means you need more work. You need more work. And I continue to remind myself, something in your life could be leveraged to create something that you want. That was the thing that drove me.
1: Right. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing.
0: And, and I thought it was, I thought it was all going to lead to this reveal of a thing. I thought that's what it was going to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I could tell you this much. What it led to was the reveal of a concept. And that concept was expansive thinking. Yeah, for sure. Expansive thinking, because everything I had been thinking in my life prior to was constrictive. You know, that's it.
1: It's interesting you say that because you know my story about being sucked through the dam. And I had the same, I had the same idea after I got done with that. I thought it was good. Something was going to be revealed after that. And I actually got angry that nothing was because I was like, that's it. I paid my dues. God is going to show me something. Right. And and before long, after I my back healed because I broke my back, I was right back doing the same thing that I was. Then nothing was getting any better. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. What am I missing here? You
0: know? Yeah, yeah it was just that concept of expansive thinking. think Meaningful thinking. When I say expansive, I'm talking about meaningful thinking, usefulness, purposeful thinking, things that, you know, Dr. Miles Monroe he said, sight um, is a function of the eyes, but vision is a function of the heart. And what vision allows you to do is to see, see further than your physical eyes can look. And I said, I get that.
1: That's beautiful.
0: I get that. Because what most people don't understand, even if you don't have adversity, even if you're, you're desiring to do something and you're finding yourself challenged and not being able to do it, without a vision, it's gonna be extremely hard to do because your feet will never take you where your mind has never been. And so vision allows you to see farther than your physical eyes can look. And that's what got me out. You know, I I mean, when they were saying, sir, we don't know when you're going to go home. It was my vision that got me out. It was, sir, you could be dead in 10 days. It was the vision that brought me out. It was, um, we don't know how it's going to turn out. My ability to, my vision gave me, and my vision and that sense of purpose gave me that intestinal fortitude to say, I'm coming out of this. I don't know how, but I'm coming out of this.
1: Yeah, the professionals saw your body, you saw where you were going.
0: Exactly, exactly. And 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 while people, many people get amazed when they hear what I have done from that disposition, the thing I get the biggest kick out of is like, when I thought God was setting me back, he was giving me the cheat sheet for 2020. <laughs> because so many people came into crisis and when they had to do business from home, they didn't know how to handle it. And I was like, I got 10 years <laughs> of showing you how to be able to do this. Yeah, for So sure. my business like exploded because I'm like, Oh my gosh, nobody can teach this better than me. You know? So that's exactly how I, I looked at him like, you know what? This whole period of time, God, I've been pissed with you. Thinking, man, you you really made it hard for me. Like I, and he was like, hey, what you did, you set me up. You set me up to succeed in ways, because um, it was like Napoleon Hill said, every adversity brings with it the seed of an equivalent advantage, and that's what it gave me, the ability to thrive in crisis. It gave me crisis. And so, because I think expansively now, adversity is like, oh yeah, I leverage it. Yeah, I leverage my adversity to to build things and to do things and to share and and to grow. And I'm always looking at what's my challenge because that's where my opportunity is. Yeah. You know
1: what's amazing about your story because I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, you know, it was like step-by-step step what happened. The, like the first thing, and if I'm wrong, correct me, but the first thing was that the thought of your daughter gave you a reason to live versus a reason to die. So here we are, we're on the ground floor, and it's like, am I going to live or am I going to die? I'm thinking I'm going to die. You start thinking about your daughter, and you're like, what the hell am I doing, right? What the hell am I doing? This girl, this little girl needs a father, right? So it gives you a reason to live. The second you did that, your mind opened you were now available for more information. And I think that's where so many people miss it. You know, they, instead of use the one thing, because God always sends us something, right? Mm -hmm. There's always something. The question is, are we listening? Are we listening to it? You know, um, Proctor used to say, we listen with our ears, but we hear with our emotions. And Mm -hmm. your daughter allowed you to hear with your emotions.
0: Yeah, and, and and even even as I got on the other side of those ten years in the bed bound condition, yeah. I remember running across you, and I sat and I binged watched every video you had on YouTube. At the same time, I ordered millions within, and um, I'm in a bed bound condition, nowhere near healed. And when I heard you were doing the live event i told my wife i said listen i know this is going to sound crazy but we got to be at that event she's like do you understand what i said i understand i said but i've got to see this guy in person i've got to ask him one question and we we drove we did not fly we drove to atlanta and i had a sheet and draw and 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 chug pads and things laid down, and I was bleeding all the way to Atlanta, and when I was able to get off the bed, I lied on the bed and gave myself a break. My wife, being the excellent person she is, she helped me to get myself prepared to go sit up and upright and listen to you for eight hours, and I ask you one question. I said, how do you get people to pay you to speak when you can't be there in person? And you said to me, "Um, if you have a solution that people need, they don't care whether you're in person or not. If you have what they'll need, they'll pay you for it. You can deliver it virtually, they'll pay you for it. What you have to do is find a way to show up stronger and i had no idea what that meant but i figured i needed to learn how to do it and that drove me to the second event you had in charlotte and i drove there but this time i was i had i was healed in that area and when i got there and then you we talked and you asked me am what is the gift in this and i was like i don't i don't know and you said listen you got the ability to put to tell them keep this they don't need that you don't need this and, and and last year I did that I I no thank you I don't need it you can keep it now Just pause it I don't need that uh, that benefit anymore I don't need it um and I built my business and I did and I'm still I'm a work in progress but that's not that's my success is that I am a work in progress It's that man I'm I'm finding new ways to do it every day. You I'm are. finding new ways to leverage something in my life to create something that I want. I'm, I'm finding new every single day. So I, where I used to want to be a finished product in front of people, I understand my strength is in my progress. It's in the process of what I'm doing. That people can see me in my process and watch the progress happen in the process. And uh, it's been the most beautiful thing in my life.
1: You know, it's it's fast. That's that message. The more I think about you receiving that message. And what I think what people really need to realize is that you received that message when you lost everything, you had almost nothing left in your life and you receive this message about leverage. And it's, and it's almost like, it would be so easy for your mind to say, "What the hell do I have to leverage?" At this point, I have to have something to leverage, right? Um, but sure enough, it was there. And I, you know, I think it starts with the desire. You know, there's a there's a desire, and I still think the moment you said yes to your daughter, the door opened. The door opened because that was that was is as, as low as you were it's still something for you to give. It's still something for you to be. That right there, in order to do that, you had to leverage right from where you were.
0: it, it that that whole piece set me, created a mindset within me to look at, as you eloquently put it, what's the gift in this? Yeah. What's, what's the gift? And And that was the other part of it because rather than questioning Well, what's the leverage? The thing became, what's the gift in the adversity? Because more and more, I kept looking at all I have to leverage is my adversity. That's all I have. All all I have is these, all these challenges. And you're telling me I can make this work for me? And countless times, I got more than one witness. Bible said trials come, but they come to make you strong. Um, Napoleon Hill said every adversity brings with it the seed of an equivalent advantage. And then uh, William Shakespeare even said, sweet are the uses of adversity. And so I got to the place that I realized that challenges are a gift. They are. They are a gift because they give you, adversity gives you, the opportunity to see, gives you the ability to discern opportunities and create something new and exciting for the earth where experience becomes your biggest enemy when you're going through adversity because you're thinking, well, I've always done it this way, so I should be able to do it this way. Experience became my biggest enemy. I had to go and say, what's the gift in this? And I had to travel another path. But when I traveled that dark path of change, there was a whole different world on the other side of it. It was a whole different world and it is still opening up for me. It is just beginning. And I'm loving the impact that I'm being able to make on other people's lives.
1: Yeah. It's incredible. What you're doing is absolutely incredible. And the great thing is, is it'll never stop. As long as you continue with that mindset, uh, it'll never stop. It'll just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger, you know? Um, You'll be a worldwide household name. There's no reason why you wouldn't be.
0: Well, uh, I got a great coach.
1: <laughs> I got a great client.
0: <laughs> yeah, Johnny, what do you
1: what are you doing next? What do you got coming up?
0: Oh man, I have an amazing event coming up uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, we're talking about helping people get the butts, B-U-T apostrophe s out of their business and go big in 2021. Um, there's a lot of a lot of the times, and I know you hear this more than I have heard it in coaching. Um, I know I'm supposed to do this, but I know I should be making calls, but. Um, and what I have come to realize, David, is that there's two type of people um, in this situation. They're either people, um, they think constrictively because they have no vision, They have no vision for their lives. They don't have a dream. They don't know what they want. Or there are people who have a dream and it's been so deferred that now it's become a nightmare of unfulfilled expectations. And so every time they think about it, it's like a horror flick because all they see is themselves failing in it. And so... That's what keeps them hanging in the balance. And so they know they should be doing something, but well, I tried that before and I failed. Well, I've done this and that didn't work either. I've bought all the programs and they've blamed it on everything externally. And they're looking for answers in all the wrong places. Yes. Um, and so what This training is designed to do is to give people insight on that and to kind of open you up, if you will, to a different conversation and allow you to have a different vantage point. It's not a um, it's not a critical parent conversation. It's more of a, a reveal like, you know what? I've been looking at this all wrong and I need to do something different. So, we're going to show them how to get that butt out of their business, to get that butt out of their dream, to get that butt out of whatever it is that they desire to have in life, so that they can go big, that they can see, they can have a bigger vision, that they can see themselves doing more and it being meaningful and useful, not just about a bunch of self gratification, but how does what God placed in you benefit this world. How is it meaningful? Because when I found out how my life became meaningful, when I saw my daughter, I saw how my life was meaningful to someone else, yeah. and that's all it took to get me to come back from wanting to die. That changed my life. It's a big so thing. if 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 it could do it for me, I'm confident that it could do it for someone else. They may not even be close to where I am, but having that sense of meaningfulness and usefulness, what does what I have, how does my gift, my skills, my talents, how are they meaningful or useful in the lives of other people? Right. The one thing they need to get them out of their excuses and making quantum leaps in life.
1: Beautiful. Where do people find out more about you? Where can they learn about this?
0: Well, we're going to provide a link that they can check and see right there on your podcast. They can click there, get on the landing page, sign up and register for it. They're going to want to do that quick because as people are coming on, we're getting some amazing responses already uh, for people being there. And um, it's going to be amazing. And then, and you, you know, I'm, very well trained. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> so so because of that, you know, they, they're going to gonna see something very interesting. And I'm I'm bringing it to them with both barrels for a yeah, couple hours on that you're day.
1: An, you're an amazing teacher, Ann. There's no question about it. Amazing, gifted thank man. You. And so, I, I want to thank you for bringing your brilliance and your courage and your determination to the world. We so need it. We need it so bad. You know, we need more people like you every day out there uh, to help us turn this thing around.
0: Well, I I, I I say to God be the glory and thank you so much for the amazing deposit that you've made in my life. Um, you, I am looking for amazing things to come and looking to doing some amazing things with you too. But Absolutely. you can't spell am. You can't spell amazing without am. So. No. <laughs>
1: I love that. That's great. No, you can't. No, you can't. That's beautiful.
0: So, you know, let's do it, man. Let's do something big. You got it.
1: Thank you again so much for being on the show. Uh, we'll do it again. We'll, we'll definitely do it again. Uh, and and good luck with your event. I know it's going to be fantastic. Lives are going to be changed. Um, it, for all the listeners out there, please check out A.M. Williams. Check it out if you have a chance, to the opportunity to go to his event, go. It'll change your life. I can promise you that. Am, thank you so much for being on. We'll talk to you soon.
0: My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks
1: for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.